girl, Antronetta Tillman. I just want to thank you for joining into my podcast. And I love how, you know, we wasn't promised that this life was going to be easy. But one thing God does promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So in today's um, episode, I wanted to talk more about how to navigate through life's challenges, um, the challenges that come and just through, you know, old memories and old hurts, past failures, how to navigate and how to go through current um, hard times, challenging times. This is, um, we're in like months of COVID-19, um, being quarantined, and for some households, that's very challenging. From you have... Um, parenting issues, you have marital issues, you have family issues, just, you know, a lot of frustration and things going on. You have um, financial issues, loss of jobs, um, sickness, fear, of, and just uncertainty, not knowing what to expect or when um, things will go back to normal. Um, one things I've learned that we will face difficulties, we will face challenges, we will suffer loss of loved ones, we will suffer loss of jobs, or we will suffer loss of different things that we come to in relationships. Um, even if we've done our best, we will still sometimes face um, situations that are not always favorable. And I think it's important to learn how to um, navigate through difficulties. And I say that because I am a mother of five. Um, If this is your first time tuning in and working with my kids, I try, you know, they're young um, from ages, ranging from ages 10, eight, one just turned six the other day. what is it two years old and then a 10 month old but long story short I have to teach you know my older ones just how to receive a no because if you go through life thinking that everything is supposed to go your way and you'll never um get told no and when things don't happen your way there's total meltdown and unable to make it so to speak, or just feel that way, shall I say, that becomes difficult. It's one thing, you know, teaching and assisting a um, 10-year-old, right? But multiply that times three to now you're in your 30s and you still are incapable of receiving the answer no. Um, And in some situations that's out of your control that's out of your you know it's not up to you people are capable of telling us no (laughs) you know it's just the reality and multiplied by three years that's just a, a huge it becomes even more difficult to get over and if there's a big meltdown shutdown and you allow your identity to be found in someone else's answer of no and now you start to over process things in your mind and in your heart and you're not sure why you're going through what you're going through 
these are things we have to you know be willing to face and I love this saying you cannot conquer what you don't confront and you cannot confront what you don't identify so identifying what a situation is the root of the issue it helps you know to be able to get to um you know to the finish line of overcoming whatever that is for Jesus said because he has overcome this world we too because we are in him we're we're a part of him we too have overcome the world and we are more than conquerors we're not just conquerors we're more than conquerors so let me move right into this you know um just to say I'm one who has faced plenty of difficulties I have placed I have faced plenty of setbacks. I've faced things that, you know, for other people that would have caused them, you know, to just give in and give out. And I'm not going to say I've never tried to give up. I remember um, I've contemplated, not just contemplated, but attempted suicide more than one time, more than twice, you know. And the crazy thing about it, while going through it, Um, trying to get over rape, trying to get over molestation, trying to get over, you know, abuse, trying to get over being cheated on, lied on, talked about, bullied, um, and, and just being made fun of for not looking how other people thought was supposed to look good. So looking in the mirror, I didn't see what other people saw in regards to when people say oh you're so beautiful you have a beautiful smile I saw what others said like oh no you you know like surely you're just making fun of me because I don't really look pretty I don't look cute so I've I allowed insecurity to stitch itself to me but one thing I've learned um in my walk with Christ was everything didn't just poof and wow everything is just completely perfect and no problems no difficulty you know you know sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me you throw things at me that don't hurt I don't care what anyone has to say that's not reality for me I'm a person who is I'm an active thinker whether you know I'm, an, I'm just going to leave it there I'm an active thinker I think <laughs> and I rationally think I think and I and it's a beautiful thing when it's done appropriately because I'm a learner I love to learn I love to learn I love to learn all things dealing with um why people do what they do why they think the way they think I love it um I love you know that's I've been studying child child development for over a decade and been working in that field and I fell in love with it because it helps me to relate better with people it helps me to understand people that's why it's I really don't jump to a quick conclusion about an individual an individual until I've heard their side and been able to talk to them help them to navigate why they're going through what they're going through I just have a love for it. I love to see beyond the surface of things. Um, but with that on a negative side, it have you reading and feeding more into situations that's not even there. Trying to find and becoming a detective and investigator, trying to find problems where there aren't any. And 
whenever the filters of your mind is still, you know, set on your past and hurt and disappointments, you will start to filter all things through that hurt, that pain, that bullying, that rape, that being misused and abused, that everyone is out to get you. All of that starts to, you know, become overwhelming when overthinking is starting to take its course. And for me, those were happening in the late night hours. In the late night hours, I was being beat up in my mind. It's this thing, you know, of, of, I think, a Pilgrim's Progress where he talks about Downton Castle. And what happened was Pilgrim, became he came too close to Downton Castle. And he just started to get beat up on by this giant and was locked up and in chains. But the thing, the, the thing with that was that doubt, those lies, um, God has the answers to it. His truth supersedes any lie that we're ever told or any lie we will ever believe. And it can kill and behead every giant that raises itself up in our lives. So that would just be my number one point. And then, honestly, every answer that I give to a, to be a solution will be rooted and grounded in this. Knowing Jesus as the word of God. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. I just want to lean in on Jesus is the word. He's the manifestation of the word of God. He's the personification of the word of God. The word of God, James, I mean, John, it continue on to say the word became flesh. Jesus said that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is not me just giving you an answer just because I read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. I'm telling you, I don't think you understand those crying nights, going through depression, going through sleepless nights, going through tormenting in the mind, trying to understand why did I have to go through what I went through and how can I continue to live with myself after going through this? Who will marry someone like me? How can I have children, you know, and raise them appropriately after being through what I've been through? How can I protect them? How can I guard them? Just that constant torment in the mind and I'm telling you right here this girl right here I use the word of God the word of God is not a, it is a mighty sword to behead lies it is a mighty sword to cut up and cut down every single thing that would exalt itself over who God says that you are God spoke and said that he's fearfully and wonderfully you know, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I was created in my mother's womb with a purpose and I am more than enough. Those things I literally had to and still have to find scriptures of God's truth and apply it to my life. That's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. But it's it's vital. It's necessary. And I think about, you know, the with with understanding first and foremost that Jesus he is the word 
and I want Jesus I want to abide in him John 15 abide in me and I will abide in you and you will produce fruit and your fruit will remain Jesus goes on to say that apart from him we cannot do anything if Jesus says that apart from him we cannot do anything the question then comes why try why try to do anything apart from him yet we do we you know and I'll speak for myself, there was things I just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know that God wanted to help me navigate my emotions. Oh, I thought that was just something that I had to fix and get together. You know, he said, be holy as I am holy. Well, let me hurry up and try to clean, you know, purify myself so that I can be holy. That wasn't working. It wasn't working. But I thank God that's not what he meant. He sanctifies. He sanctifies us. He cleanses us. He says, "Sanctify, um, sanctify by my truth. Thy word is truth." God sanctifies us. He sanctifies us by His word and the washing and the regeneration of His word. It purifies our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. It allows us to be able to walk without shame and guilt and just heaviness. It allows us to be free. Because one scripture that I had to lay hold to and remind myself, I was constantly reminded of my failure and I just had to remind myself that whom the Son says free is free indeed. That I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's nevertheless not I that live, but Christ who lives through me. And, and one, okay, I, if I'm going to move on to the next point, first realize that God is the Word. Number two, you have to speak the word of God over yourself. Don't speak the lies that was spoken over you. Don't speak the lies that are come to your mind. Speak the truth in the word of God. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So what we speak, we will eat of the fruit. Whatever, it's just like if we're preparing a meal. We're preparing our lives through our words. Whatever we have thoughts that come to our mind, we have things that try to penetrate and get into our heart, but we are to be good stewards of what we speak over ourselves and into our own lives. And my prayer is, God, keep a guard over my lips that I may not sin against you. Keep a guard over my mouth that I speak only Things that are in accordance to your will over my life, over my family, and over my marriage. That is not always an easy thing when things are not going the way you want it to go. Let's talk about marriage. Oh, come on, somebody. When your flesh is active, you know, <laughs> I'm saying activated, is there, so it don't need to be activated. When your flesh is agitated and you're upset in your feelings, and husband getting on your nerve there's some things that are not according to God's word just want to come out of your mouth but for me I'm like I've learned because the Lord started to show me little by little with more and more friction it was just adding and piling up on it he was like you're going to eat of the fruit thereof you're going to eat of those those fruit you planted those things our words are like seeds we plant seeds into our lives so if we start to speak things over our spouses speak things over our children now every person is responsible for their own 
you know, reactions. But we can't contribute to that. Bitterness, if there's a heart filled with bitterness and bitter words are constantly pouring out of your mouth, you're going to see bitterness around you. And it's real easy to play the blame game and point the finger at other people. But God, he wants to deal with us personally. Our spouses have to go to God for them, for themselves. Our children do. And we can pray for them. We can pray with them. We can get into the word together so that we can see those needs to go to God, to go um, to going to God. But we cannot, you know, be the Holy Spirit to them. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts of those things that are righteous and unrighteous. So our job is not to, you know, point the finger especially when we're wrong now let me say this that's not saying that our spouse didn't do anything wrong that's not saying our children are not misbehaving not doing anything wrong no that's just saying we are responsible for our own actions and what we do and how we allow it to affect us and how we can will continue to grow and thrive and learn from those mistakes that's up to us and so what we speak out of our mouths in those moments, in the heat of the moment, is what I'm after. What does it matter if you can sit in a church setting or in a Bible study and quote millions of scriptures and sound so adequate in your speech? Oh, that was wonderful. But yet you don't know how to live among your family. That's not a good... The enemy loves it. Oh, he loves it. He loves to be able to be that accuser of the brethren. He'll come in and start to accuse you, accuse your spouse, accuse your kids. You know, he'll come in with that. Oh, I see you. Even when they're, even when you're doing your best and doing all you know to do, he comes in in those moments when we have gotten the word and we're digging in, we're digging in the word. He goes and try to uproot it. The Bible tells us that he did the same with Jesus, and we're his, we're Jesus's servants, and the servant is no greater than the master. Jesus was tempted on all points, yet never found with sin. I'm thinking of when Jesus went and withdrew. Um, he was in the wilderness. Satan came and he used partial scriptures to try to tempt the walking, living word of God. How are you going to tempt the word with the word? And he is the word. So you're trying to mistreat the word. And he's like, hey. How can you come to me trying to tell me who I am and what I can do and I'm me? When you and and that'll help me move into point three. When you know who you are and whose you are, you won't allow any circumstance or anyone to come in and re-identify who God says that you are. Knowing who you are and whose you are, that's really where that comes from. You know who you are when you know whose you are. When you find your identity, the scripture says that when Christ, who is our real life, appears, then we will be as he is. You guys, that set me free a few years back hearing that. Christ, who is our real life. That helped me because I was in a season of my life navigating in school. Do I become a counselor? Do I want to become this? What do I want to just wanted to know? What do I want to exhaust using most of my time doing? In the midst of all of that, we were having miscarriages and children. Um, and, you know, ministry was very, um, you know, live and vibrant as, as far as having a whole lot on our schedule. 
and I just remember I just want to you know do what I'm called to do um and be all God's God want me to be but in that season of my life I was it was a lot of uncertainty I was like do I use what I'm good at a lot of um mixed let me put it like this it was a lot of voices a lot of mixed opinions a lot of messages and I say that to say you know we can be overly exposed with information sometimes and then become overwhelming I think about you know over processing just too much <laughs> too much data and not enough substance God's word is the substance right that's the substance it is according to the book of Hebrews it is living active powerful it's rightly divides it goes down to the very bony marrow it's a sharper than any two-edged sword the word of God is living the word of God is active that means a lot and it says that leaves may fade and wither but the word of God will stand forever opinions will fade and wither cliches will fade and wither you know good token sayings will fade and wither but the word of God is what stands the word of God is what brings life the word of God is what breaks down strongholds and lies that we've that we've built our lives upon I you guys if you've been following and tracking with me I deal with thoughts a whole lot I deal with how we think and, um, and you know how our lives is built up thoughts are like bricks and it literally built up our lives and the house that we live in and that I believe words are so important in, in, in a com- being accompanied with that because words bring life it, it's what we speak it's what brings those thoughts to life if that makes any sense the moment we come into agreement with, with those thoughts and we start to meditate on them those are brought to life through our words um the next point i did want to talk about was meditating on the word of god now this is not talking about no weird stuff <laughs> okay i shouldn't have said that but yeah if you're tracking with me you're tracking with me what i mean by i'm not talking about no humming putting your hands together meditating that's not what i'm talking about the word meditate when you look at it in a, from a biblical sense when it says to meditate on those things that are pure in the book of Philippians meditate on those things that are, which are pure which are a good report which are praiseworthy it tells us to meditate on these things you know it says um, don't worry about anything but pray about all things um, with prayer and supplication let our requests be made known in the book of Philippians it says you know and with that that word meditate when you think about i meditate on the word day and night meditating on the word of god is 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 a the easiest the quickest resemblance that i can give you is a cow chewing cud when a chop when a cow is chewing up on cud it chews it up it chooses food it's chewing 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 up on grass right then it goes into one the, you know a cow has four stomachs that's a bunch of science information but i'm not trying to get all into all of that but what it does it goes into one stomach they spit it up and they chew it again and then it goes into another um one of their stomachs they spit it out again and they chew it again and then they keep doing that until they break it down so much that it can be able to be digested and enter into their bloodstream and then become nourishment to them 
I say all of that to say is the word is the same way. We have to continue to chew on what God has said and what God has promised or spoken over our lives and keep chewing it. And when it seems like it's coming up or speaking it out of our mouth, then we start chewing on it again, chewing, allowing it to get deeply embedded into our hearts and our minds and the way that we think, the way that we act, and helping it to filter how we think, helping it to filter how we act. If the Bible says, let me give an example, a scripture that is constantly quoted around here amongst me and my children and my husband, we've been teaching for um, since our child was one, when our oldest, she's almost 11, she'll be 11 next month. Um, we've been teaching her since she was one so that's like 10 years now but um, Ephesians 4.32 be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God through Christ Jesus has forgiven us chewing on something like that is in moments where you don't feel like being kind in moments where you don't feel like people are being kind to you in moments in your home or outside your home, at your workplace, wherever you are, in your family, with your loved ones, and you don't feel that in your emotions, because we're human beings, we are clothed in this flesh, our flesh is going to constantly be at war against our spirit, so with that being said, we're going to have moments where we just don't feel like it, (laughs) it is what it is, I'm over it, that's my words, I'm over it, (laughs) I say it to myself sometimes when I'm, I'm over it, and that's my mommy need a moment mommy need to go pray wifey need a moment whatever you want to say this girl needs a moment if it's we're in traffic let me get a moment (laughs) turn on some worship do something different but the scripture that comes up into my um it bring it comes up to my mind like be kind to one another tenderhearted is that silencing what your flesh wants to do and react um, to making yourself respond to what God says to do you're bringing his word into play and how you behave and how you treat other people even when you're mistreated so to be kind to one another tenderhearted forgiving one another and we have our kids who was you they was sounded off as well. <laughs> you remember to be kind and I'm like, thank God for just reminders of his word and how he brings it to our remembrance in the midst. Um I think about, you know, a time where we had our we had a our second miscarriage and it was a ectopic pregnancy and with that being said it, it was a very difficult um, time of our lives um, because we heard the heartbeat we came in and I thought everything was good and perfect and was told that um, you know they had to remove the baby out of the tube and come to find out the tube ruptured so I was literally hours away from bleeding to death so God's goodness was shown in that moment but I do remember in that season of trying to understand why this is times where I'm ministering to women um putting together conferences for women and in this same season this was all going on and I was busy I remember I was having bible studies leading bible studies putting together curriculums you know to help navigate and move forward in you know in women ministry and we were hit with that and I do remember 
um, a, a lovely couple that ministered to us. The Lord used them in that season to bring the word of God back, you know, to my remembrance in that moment. Because sometimes when we go through some difficult times, we kind of put the word of God off to the side. Like, I know, I know, I know. I know eventually I'm going to have to get back to that. But I'm just feeling, I have to feel these feelings. And I remember, because initially I, I, I had joy and peace that God was in control. But because I brought into the mindset that I have to be able to feel and it's okay. And, I've, and it is okay. You know, it is okay to process and go through grief. Um but to, to it's not okay to do that apart from God it's not okay to go through grief apart from his word and I tried that not knowing and I found myself sinking literally I would lay there and it would feel like weights was on me and I was sinking deeper and deeper and deeper in the weights of why why did this happen in the weights of how could this happen and just so many different weights and that but one thing about pregnancy, what I've learned throughout multiple miscarriages is I'm not in control of that. That That is called inner work on the inside of my womb and I'm not in control. Although the enemy blamed me, you know, it was just so much going on. But I remember a scripture that that lovely couple told us um, that, and, and for us to pray, you know, they t- reminded me of Romans 8 where it says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and that are called according to his purpose that word became alive because I didn't just think on it once it was a constant needing to remind myself of what the word I said it's like I don't know how I don't know when it's going to manifest I don't know when I'm going to be able to see it but this situation will work together for my good it will god says it and he means it and he's faithful that's if 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 there's another point to put to this is realize that god is faithful to his word and he will do whatever he said he's going to do he is trustworthy so if he says it that settles it and that is something that has helped me you know because you know growing up i can hear I'm just using growing up, seeing in life. Growing up was still happening for me when I was in my 20s, <laughs> 30s, what? Um, so when I say growing up, just living, I, you know, disappointments happen of someone saying they're going to do this and they don't follow through with their word. And trust, distrust starts to set in of can people be trusted to do what they say they're going to do? And we know they can, right? Because not everyone is bad. Not everyone is liars. And even if just because a person so happened a lot doesn't, you know, I, we should show grace. <laughs> and we'll learn to when the more we realize we need it ourselves. Um, but long story short, I remember falling in love of a God who is falling in love with the God I know to be faithful. He says in his word that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And I remember some of the toughest moments um, before I was even married, he was there. And God had to remind me that. And I remember I was we were having some heated arguments, um, discussions, whatever, in my marriage. This was very early on. Um, and not to say we never had it in sense. Of course we have. But earlier on, it was... It was ridiculous. And I remember God reminded 
overtaking me and I was allowing it to overtake me it was overtaking my entire day because I'm a fixer I wanted to figure out how are we going to fix this and I told you guys I was a thinker so thinking on it constantly guys obsessed basically with it all day every day and it became an idol a giant and I remember God it's like he did a tap me on my shoulder those are moments you'll hear me say often God did a tap me on he tapped me on my shoulder and reminded me this was his words to me I was there before he was there yeah that spoke so much and it was volumes being spoken to me in that moment that I was there before he was there and he was talking about my husband and that was just a reminder because that was my reality before I got married Isaiah 54 and 5 was my reality that the maker is your husband the me knowing scriptures in a word was me sitting down with my bible god i want to know you i know so much information i know the streets i know you know school education i know knowledge if that makes any sense but god i want to know you i want to know you the reality of who you are i want to know the god that men and women can be beaten and hurt and hung and and killed and martyred and yet not deny you i want to know the god that is able to take this thing away from death i want to know the god who made a choice to be beaten and bruised and by his stripes i am now healed and yet as he walked to the cross he did not open his mouth he went as a lamb going into the slaughter but he did not take back his decision to to give his life for me i want to know the god who bought me and purchased me with the price when i thought that i was worthless and i thought that my life was not going to amount to anything especially after going through prostitution i want to know the god who ransomed me rescued me from me oh that's a whole nother segment a whole nother episode but i want to know the god who was willing to pick me up dust me off give me value virtue and and established my feet And now he is able to keep me from stumbling and to present me faultless before my father. Jesus, I want to personally know God. And in the power of his resurrection, being able to rise from the dead. And cause me to live in righteousness. I want to know and you know my heart my mind and my soul was just wrecked when I realized that as much as I wanted to know him he wanted to know me and to be known to me and that the word no if I've never broke it down on any of my episodes the word no where it says Adam knew Eve and they bore. They had a child in that knowing. The word know is an intimate word. It's a word of intimacy. I want to know him. That means a lot. 
that intimacy that intimacy is into me and see look into me and see the deepest most innermost parts of me God I want you to know it I invite you to know it I bear myself totally to you it's those honest moments those ugly but honest moments being honest to tell God that God I feel ugly God I feel I don't feel beautiful I don't and I thank God that he's told me that he would give me beauty for ashes. This beauty is not one that's just seen outwardly, but it's an inward overflowing, being completely washed and regenerated on the ins- from the inside out. That is what I sought for. And that's what I seek for, for him to one day stand before him and hear well done. It is in knowing him that I got to know who I was and now can live in the reality of it's okay times not to be okay it's okay not to know everything it's okay to not have control over everything it's okay knowing that all things will work together for our good so that very last point was to know God and be intimate with him be intimate with who he is and if I end with anything I'm going to end with many will come that day Jesus says that many will come that day saying Lord Lord did we not prophesy in your name did we not do many things in your name many works many miracles that's a big deal guys people being able to move mountains and not really but you get it um mountains of faith so this is an encouragement not to just seek god to be able to have a powerful life so to speak but you seek him to know him and to be known by him because what he said to them when they said lord lord he he had to tell them that i never knew you i never knew you you've practice the religious things you practice you know things that you've read but you never got you never took the time to know me God wants to be involved in every single aspect of our lives not just parts so if I can encourage you with anything and if you're listening and you don't know Jesus I encourage you to turn your life over to him he died for you yet while we were sinners Christ died for the ungodly and he don't leave us left as orphans or abandoned he will never leave us nor forsake us when we turn and cleave and call out to the Lord to be saved it's that moment of knowing the end of who you are knowing that you cannot Please, God, apart from faith in Jesus Christ. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Knowing that we will never be perfect apart from Jesus. None of us. We've all fallen short in the past, present, and in our future we will. But Christ, who is perfect as we are abiding, being hidden in him, He says, to be perfect as I am perfect. We are made perfect in Christ Jesus as we rest in Christ Jesus. So my encouragement is to give your life 
fully unto him. Surrender it. Absolute surrender. And of who he is. And it's a constant every day. Romans 12 and 1 tells us to present our lives living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable act of service. I pray that this bless someone. I pray that this was a continual blessing. And if it is, just share it with someone. Um, I pray that I can continue to be of a service to any of you guys. I just thank you and love you guys for support, for buying the books or reading the the Bible plans on version, Whatever you do, I thank you for supporting, whether it's on social medias. I don't um, take that lightly. I, I appreciate each of you. For the support, I just pray that you just continue to be encouraged. And if you find yourself in your faith and you felt like you've lost, you've been lost, I just encourage you just to turn back. James, the book of James, he tells us to draw near to him and he will draw near to us. And if you resist the devil, the devil will flee. God is faithful to do what he's promised and what he said, says in his word. Just apply it um, and love you guys. God bless. Stay tuned. Bye.